And we are live. We are live. We are live. Sabaha, everybody. Hold on. Let me just adjust a couple of things here on my screen. Hope you guys are doing well. It is Saturday morning with tech. Uh, it is October 16, 2021. Um, it, it is literally the middle of the month, the middle of Techtober. Uh, and I would probably say um, never so disappointing. I mean, we're not going to say disappointing, but never so less disappointing. October always kind of delivers. Techtober is kind of a little bit started in October and we're kind of going through it a little bit more. Next week seems to be a very, very busy week, specifically for Samsung devices. Uh, well, Samsung unpacked uh, the Google Pixel uh, event that's going to be happening on the 19th. And of course, Apple having their own event on the 18th. So between Apple, Google, and then Samsung, we have a lot of announcements and a lot of devices are going to be, um, well, we we kind of know a little bit what's going to be happening, right? We know, obviously, Pixel 6, Pixel 6 Pro is going to be announced next week. That was part of the announcement. And uh, the overall, sorry about that, uh, what we got from Google, actually, we know they set the date. They showed us the leaks. We know what the devices are going to look like. Uh, we know what the cameras are going to look like. Uh, we know how the colors are going to be. I mean, a lot of things are already leaked. Um, good morning, Sabah Hamajid. Hope you're doing well. Uh, Adelisa's in there. Pixel 6 Pro discussion. Absolutely. Absolutely. We're going to talk a lot of good things about next week. But what it kind of put me to, when I was starting to think about this morning's show, or how do I kind of put it together and as far as a conversation, at the end of the day, there's a lot of conversations that go around. Android versus Apple, or uh, so iOS versus Android, Apple versus Google, Samsung versus Apple versus Google. There's a lot of things going on when it comes down to devices and smartphones and features and which one is better. The this, uh, this ultimate goal of the ultimate device does not exist, really. It's depending on what we look at. So one of the reasons why I named the show today, you know, Android versus iOS does not matter or not important. You are. And that's because at the end of the day, it is truly about you, the user, the person that's going to be putting their own hard-earned money down and purchasing a device and or basically uh, getting an additional device, an accessory to a device. All of those things are really judged and controlled by the user. You are controlling the entire conversation. And having people argue and, de and debate the iOS versus Android conversation, I feel like is almost... Um, an incomplete conversation when the end user is not part of that conversation. It's always two people that are not part of the conversation. So I wanted to, to open up the conversation and I want to talk to you guys specifically, obviously for the people that are going to hang out with us today with the live stream. Um, I do want to say good morning. Greg is in the chat in there. Pixel King is in there as well. Joe, hey, glad you were able to make it broad. Um, El Josa is in there as well. And I see, of course, Majid and Chemi is in there as well. So there's a lot of things kind of um, that always bother me when... So, you know, and I'll say this, look, the reality of the matter is there is no perfect system. It just isn't. doesn't matter if it's Apple. It doesn't matter if it's Google, Android, iOS, Samsung, um, whatever you want to insert device manufacturer. At the end of the day, every solution aims to provide the best experience for their user. They do. They truly do, regardless of what ecosystem you're in. Not one company goes out saying, I'm going to try to mess up this experience or that they go do something with something else. Everybody tries to provide you the best experience. But at the end of the day, that's not enough. We always strive to make a king. We always strive to make something better. Um, I saw this morning uh, a, tw uh, a tweet coming out from David uh, David Mel, um, and it's this is nothing about him. This is probably what got me thinking about it. Is that he stated that he said he wanted to see a Pixel smartwatch that can rival and be better than an Apple Watch. And at the end of the day, when I heard that, when I read that comment, it, again, it has nothing to do with David. It is it's not directed at him. Um, 
is it do I really want a Pixel smartwatch that actually is that really my goal for the uh, for the Pixel smartwatch that it only sole purpose and existence is to beat what Apple app uh, smartwatch is doing? And I really didn't think that that was a fair uh, kind of comparison. Like I know typically if I'm putting a video on a Samsung smartwatch, if I'm putting a video on a tick watch, like I did a video earlier this week, I did draw a comparison between it and his, uh, and the Samsung Galaxy watch. At the end of the day, you're right. This is something that we typically like to do. We value things based on how they compare on other experiences that we may be aware of. But does it really matter? Does a Pixel smartwatch beating an Apple watch make this the only reason we like a Pixel watch? I don't think so. I think the uh, the experience that you get out of a Pixel watch should be inclusive and it should be a fulfilling experience that you can can use. If you're an Android user, and this is just a statement, again, this is specifically directed as to the Apple Watch versus Pixel Watch conversation, whenever that may happen. Do you really want a Pixel Watch to mimic the Apple Watch? No. Do you want it to be better than an Apple Watch? Well, to a certain extent, you want to make sure you have the right level of features. But the fact of the matter is, the Apple Watch will never work on anything other than Apple uh, and you know iOS devices. So the question would be, if you're an Android user, why would you even be considering an Apple Watch? Why do you want the watch that you're getting to beat something on an ecosystem that you can't even use on your system? You, If you follow where I'm going with, it kind of makes me wonder, like, why do we draw these lines? Why do we say that I want my Android phone XYZ to beat this iOS phone, you know, whatever? Because at the end of the day, what we're looking at is this, right? When somebody goes into the store to buy a phone, they're not going in there thinking, can you show me all of the uh, all of the differences between these two and which one is better and which one takes better pictures and whatever. At the end of the day, you have none of that background information in the store. The retail store does not show you any of this information. They have a small short list of specifically tailored specs that is outlined there. And of course, depending on the uh, configuration of the booth and all of that, you're getting that type of experience. Um, what, I, I guess what I'm trying to say is that one tweet from David kind of made me think we are arbitrarily arguing something that basically, that basically has no, like I said, like an Apple Watch and, an, and a Pixel Watch should never really be competing with each other. They're two separate ecosystems. If you're an Android user, you're pretty much going to go for the, for the Pixel Watch if that's the one that you're thinking about. You're never going to be considering switching, selling your phone, selling all your accessories, selling your uh, whatever existing uh, options that you have, and then switching over to the iOS system. Buy everything again. That's a massive purchase just to get the Apple Watch. So this is something you want to keep in mind. So anyways, it, it's one of those things that kind of got me like, is it a, is it truly something that we we should be discussing? Is it truly something that needs to be kind of put out there saying, I want it to beat the Apple Watch? I think what you're looking for is you want it to do the best experience that's possible. You want it to have similar features and maybe a little bit more, but not necessarily in a beating manner. Um, there's a, a lot of things. I mean, so just for, for full disclosure, I've been running videos on smartwatches for quite some time, for years even. Um, I've reviewed Apple watches, Android watches. I've even reviewed Tizen smartwatches. And I've also reviewed watches that run proprietary uh, OSs, like an RTOS, um, kind of like the ones we got from Mobboy, uh, OnePlus. Uh, and so the main thing that I always look for isn't the fact that is this better than XYZ? Is it inclusive? Is it, and of course, Huawei watch ecosystem. Um, does it provide me the experience that I'm looking for? Does it make a good experience for you if you decide to pick it? And that's really the way I always approach tech. Uh, 
there's conversations that go around where you know um, you should you should make a video that goes specifically to where it's a direction. You should lead the consumer to a specific answer. And I don't feel like that that's the right answer. I feel like that's a little bit misleading to a certain point because what you end up doing is you're creating this this trip or this experience that may exclude some factors for the user when they're watching it that may be valuable for them. That that's something that they may consider that is valuable for them. I'm not trying to be, you know, soapboxy and all of that tea cake type of thing today. Just like at the end of the day, realistically, iOS exists. People that like iPhones are going to love iPhones. Realistically, a person that's embedded into the iPhone ecosystem will less likely change over to an Android ecosystem just because I made a video saying that Android is better. And if conversely, it's the other way around. People don't jump on Android uh, from Android to iOS because iOS is better. Uh, it's truly something that has to be a major change. It's a major decision conversation that happens at the beginning when you first, I would say, maybe uh, introduced to the smartphone experience. So it's just, it's one of those things I always want to worry about, like, you know, do we mislead ourselves or do we pre-build this destination that we really shouldn't be, you know, really going down with? Get the stuff that works for you. Get the things that work for you the best. Um, I think I was talking to to somebody earlier this morning about, you know, experiencing between tablet ecosystem for Android and Chrome OS. And realistically, you need to get what works for you. Chrome OS has a lot of features, has a lot of benefits into it. It has some touch interfaces. It works on mobile uh, devices. There's tablets slash, uh, you know, laptop experiences going on there. And of course, tablets are also something that Android still has, primarily Samsung experience mostly. I feel like everything else is more on the budget end. But as far as high-end tablet, which there is a chance we may be able to see something new next week, it, those are things that I always feel like we need to kind of keep in mind. So. Either way, I, I, we'll talk a little bit more. I just want to say real quick, we'll do, we'll do. I want to do a quick, um, you know, housekeeping. Say hello to everybody. I see Joey's in the chat. Uh, Finn Jacobs is in there uh, as well. Hazim is in there. Hazim, how are you? hope you're doing well. Salaho, um, and uh, Chemi, uh, Earl Owens. Hey man, hope you're doing well. Abdul Isa is in there as well. Uh, Pixel Kings, everybody's. <laughs> oh, Andrew. Hey man, Fat Produce is in there. Uh, I'd say it's more, uh, it's more about parody uh, with the Apple Watch experience. So I, I agree with you there. I think it's a parody, but I think it's a, it's it's not a good like it's a I'm not gonna say clickbaity. The, the word clickbaity is a weird clickbait clickbaity. I was like for the sake of saying it, um, it is truly it is about parallel, and that's what I said. It's mirror the feature, mirror the functionalities that people have. But I'm just saying seriously though, for something that the Apple Watch maybe can the Apple Watch can do with the digital crown, right? Not one one person decided not to buy a watch because it didn't have a digital crown. That's not the decision that we're really making there. Um, you know, the fact that uh, Apple or iOS devices have a massive notch or, uh, you know, built-in notch in the beginning at the top of their display, I don't find many Android users kind of, oh, my God, I want that type of notch experience. You know, the teardrop and the punch hole camera is not doing it for me. It, it, these are things that we, I think we really don't value as much. Parity in, in the features, I think that's going to always be the situation. The ability of interacting with our devices, the ability of having a smooth UI, ability of having, uh, you know, obviously enough uh, RAM and storage capability for the swatch to actually be functional. Uh, and of course, the ability for it to actually last us a decent amount of time. I think those are the things that we value. But I don't think we should, at the end of the day, make a statement saying, I want this to be that. And that's the only reason why I want this. It's like, no, you should make your decision based on what you need and what this watch can do for you. Don't base it on what another watch can do. Because if you're not willing to switch over to, to Apple, you're not willing to sell everything you have, and same conversely from the other way around, if you're in the Apple ecosystem and you're wanting to go over to Android, are you really going to get rid of everything that made your life 
you know, um, I'm going to say inclusive in that experience, you know, the walled garden of iOS or maybe Samsung's, uh, you know, ecosystem. Those are things that really kind of make sense. So we needed to look, look at that and kind of, I feel like we, it should just be a really a discussion that not a lot of people make and they try to stay, um, they steer away from and they try to make it sound like it's a, an easy decision. Um, I see a, uh, just got the Pixel. Yeah, so uh, Greg just got the Pixel Bud C, uh, A series. Um, there's rumors, obviously, that we're going to be possibly hearing about, um, what's it called, the brand new uh, Air, Air, AirPod Pros, I guess the new second generation AirPod Pros. In, which, by the way, we're supposed to come out of the AirPod, uh, the iPhone uh, launch event, but for some reason got delayed. Long story short, AirPods are are veered to be some of the standard or the basically the, the gold standard of earbuds. Uh, but again, they're intended to be more used functionally on an iOS device, although they work as a standard Bluetooth headset on Android. And I've tried using them in the past. It's something that you have to kind of really appreciate. Um, I love, <laughs> I love this. Uh, Earl's jumping in with the Android for life. So. There is this, so I'll also kind of, you know, for, for, for the listeners, for the audio version of the podcast, I, full disclosure, yes, um, I do use Android devices primarily, and it's been like this for years. Um, I came over from BlackBerry, from Palm OS, from Symbian. There's a lot of different pre historical uh, OS operating systems that I've used. and But I do have an iPhone. I do have an 11 Pro Max that I've used for, for a couple of years now, and I've chosen not to go up to the 12 or the 13 at this point. I feel like there isn't enough upgrades in the Apple ecosystem for me to justify dropping in another $1,000 plus. I feel like the 11 Pro Max is realistically still very capable. The storage capacity is very good. And overall, camera performance is still very, pretty solid. And the reality of the matter is at the end of the day, the ecosystem, the iOS, um, regardless being 14, 15, whatever generation we're in, still looks the same. We're still not really improving that much. And it's purely talking about iOS as an ecosystem, comparing it to itself. I'm not comparing it to Android because we don't have the same functionalities. We don't have launcher replacements. We barely got widgets. Um, we have some kind of an aggregate home screen on the uh, on the right side that, again, it's supposed to somewhat mimic an app drawer with some type of algorithm to you know organize things. But at the end of the day, the experience on Android is different than what you get on iOS. Apple is very much close that experience and their tweaks are always, always minimalistic and very minor. Um, iPad OS, I feel like got a lot better, but again, still doesn't compare to Android as a tablet experience. So this is why, again, like when you look at them realistically between the two, I don't really think we need to be drawing conclusions or decision based on what they are. If you live in iOS, I mean, you've been using an iOS for quite some time. Um, and reality, this is something that you probably be very surprised. Um, I was watching Alt That Tech a couple of days ago, um, one of his one of his videos on the channel, and uh, he made a very good point. Um, and the weird thing about it is this was something around the time was also kind of in the same environment. Um, there was a post or a video that was done online where a whole bunch of YouTubers were in a room and somebody decided, and I, I forgot it was Lou was in there from Unbox Therapy, and he walked in there and started asking everybody what their phones were. What do you use as a phone? And almost, I want to say like 90% of them said iOS or Apple. And it, at the end of the day, you know, it's like a weird conversation, right? Does it really matter which way you go? If your main phone is an iOS device, you're going to review other devices within a certain flavor, right? Your experience is going to be based on what you normally use and what you'd compare it to, to something else. So that's always going to be kind of an experience. So I feel like it's always interesting. But Android for Life, um, I'm with you, Earl. Um, I'm, like I said, for me, any version of Android that I pick up, I feel at home. 
I feel at home because it, at, at its core, it is Android. It is based on AOSP Android. Certain functionalities, regardless of what skin is on top of it, are still there. If we want to go beyond what we have on the box and we want to, let's say, root and mod and do different things, certain devices still allow me to do that. Again, it's the functionalities that I like about that. Um, Apple has done a very decent job providing us an experience that is very inclusive and very, um, I would say, protected to a certain point. But there are obviously ways of rooting or you know, uh, jailbreaking, as they like to call it there. Um, so it's not totally limited. It is something that's still capable. But I feel like it, it just doesn't it doesn't provide me the level of experience that I like. And I, again, it's more of a comfort zone, right? It is absolutely a comfort zone. For me to truly be an iOS user, I would have to solely do a whole bunch of different changes for me to make sense of it. I'm a very heavy Google um, Assistant user, and I've incorporated a lot of that stuff over the years. So again, it is a very interesting experience. Um, <laughs> Ecosystem, uh, yeah, it's it's all about you. So yeah, again, um, um, Abdelaziz is saying exactly. It's um, it's all about the ecosystem you are looking for, um, and that's when I kind of said that at the beginning with the title. I said iOS versus Android, not important. You are, you the user, who you are, who you want to be, who you want to use, what, uh, and who you want to basically spend your hard-earned money on, is exactly what matters. If it ends up being Android, it becomes or, or iOS. At the end of the day, that's a corporate business competition that goes on on a daily basis. But really, we make our decision based on what we get out of the product. We don't make it based on company decisions, right? Now, we may see competition videos and stuff like that, like people making um, jabs at each other. You know, Samsung making fun of Apple, removing the charger out of their box, uh, and literally putting out commercials talking about that. And then a few months later, Samsung just does the exact same situation and removes the chargers out of their boxes. And again, because, you know, ecosystem and so on. At the end of the day, those are things that are happening at that level. That's the, that's the corporate level. At the user end level, we now have to buy chargers. Doesn't matter what Samsung and Apple does. Doesn't matter if Apple uses Lightning or does uh, still uses USB-C. The order of what type of charger you're getting in the box and what type of connection you're getting out of that phone really only impacts iOS users, right? Um, it is a little bit weird, actually quite a bit weird, that Apple would release features on their smartphones that require high-speed data transfer, basically generating massive large files that are going to be sitting on their files when they're creating those videos, the new cinematic modes, all of those things. But then they're keeping everybody on USB 2.0. Samsung is not an exclusion here. They did that very same thing with their adaptive fast charging, which was essentially USB 2.0 for the longest time. Then they decided to jump over to USB 3.1, and then they gave us 45, you know, 25, 45 watt charging. It took them some time, but it, the short answer is Samsung figured it out and we're able to move on. I think Apple needs to ditch the Lightning port and go straight to USB-C and realistically treat their users with the respect that they need. Holding on to an old archaic technology to force everybody buying adapters. The, the cable quality on those things are one of the worst things on the market. And it is one of the weirdest thing ever. I don't know why Apple does not invest in better cable quality. Like I'd re much rather buy Anchor, um, any kind of other third-party brand uh, reinforced lightning cables over the ones that come in the box with an iPhone. But what I'm trying to say essentially is it is truly a business level experience. But at the end of the day, we still have to buy those chargers. We'll have to see how that's, that, that experience kind of goes on. Um, Chemi, um, I want to watch to I want to watch uh, that it, that it, that does very specific things for me. Control music, uh, uh, being able to use um, you know outdoors and great battery life uh, with the basic functions. I don't need NFC or LTE. 
again, that description, the 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 core usage of things that that Chemi's just mentioned, could be could be found in almost ninety percent of smartwatches on the market, be it RTOS, Android, Tizen, or iOS or WatchOS. A bit essentially, all of these could function in that sense. And at the end of the day, what ends up being here is that you should just pick up the watch that max that fits those needs and fits the budget size as well. Because I think the biggest equation that we really don't look at. I mean, right now we're looking at. Um, Watches that are essentially now accepted to be somewhere between the two hundred and fifty to five hundred dollars on average. Um, you can configure your watches on if you if you decide to go on Apple Watches and so on. You can go really high uh, based on the material that the watch is made, and obviously there's a lot more customizations when it comes to Apple Watches, um, and that's one of really the nice things that they have. I love the fact that even though the shape of the watch is very consistent across all of it, the material, the you know the accessories make it so that you're kind of you're kind of like are customizing it to your own personal preference. Uh, it does cost more, but it is something that you can do. Um, Android doesn't have as much collection there, but I feel like at the end of the day, when I'm getting a watch, like I don't, I want a watch that doesn't stand out too much. I can customize the experience to the way I want it. I can change the band, but at the end, the, the end of the day, I actually like the solid black. It's just more of a personal preference. Uh, maybe a silver one every once in a while. I think I like to have that little option between black or silver, but I don't typically go for the super colorful watches. Uh, blue, I think, is the most I've actually ever gone as far as a special color. But, you know, color, we'll, we'll see. I think I, I have me missing something here. Uh, and, and yeah, no, Joe's in there, I think, as well. For most of the people that watch these videos, these comparison videos, they're already coming in with a specific... Um, I want to say a specific view of what this device is, right? Uh, there may be Android users, there may be iOS users, and to going in and watching what I'm saying right now, they're going to obviously kind of feel like the other side is not the right side. And it is not true. I feel like it, both sides can exist and both sides can provide us uh, very good experiences. I think where the challenges start happening is innovation, right? We want to see more innovation done on both ecosystems to start truly see, okay, can I really see myself using this? Um, most Android watches that you find on the market right now are both Android and iOS compatible. And I find this a little bit to be interesting that you can buy an Android watch, switch over to an iPhone, and you're still able to use that watch. But then if you buy an Apple watch, you can't use it anywhere else. You feel like, you know what I mean? Like they let you in, but they don't let you necessarily go out kind of a conversation. Um, so I feel like it's definitely a, an interesting approach. You may not get all of the same experiences, but at the end of the day, what I mean is, the experience of a smartwatch and what the smartwatch can do for you can exist on both ecosystems. Uh, and I feel like Apple should allow that to be the same for both systems. The Apple Watch should not be solely only driven uh, by what Apple does because they're building a lot of their functionalities into the watch. It's not really reliant on your iOS device other than for the connectivity. So the fact that they only allow it to work with Apple uh, Apple devices is again purely of the that wall that only lets things in but not lets things out. Uh, iMessage, same situation. Uh, the ability of you know obviously FaceTime finally became available on other ecosystem purely through the browser. So they didn't even bring it, but they opened it up to browser inter, uh, extensions. Things like that. They're always going to be kind of an interesting approach. Uh... I, I see. I knew somebody was going to throw in the uh, Sony watch. Uh, I'm with you. Don't get me wrong. I would love to see Sony's take on a watch. I think Sony is going to be having a nice little event, and I think in a couple of weeks. Um, and we know it's an Xperia event. Juan Carlos and I talked about it on Thursday. Uh, it was very much a. First, I'll say this: it was out of, out of left field. I don't. I wouldn't be too Xperia. Uh, you know, uh, I was going to say <laughs> I was going to say too Xperia. I'm going to say Xperia too many times. 
Um, I wouldn't be too surprised if this is, again, either an Ultra or basically the, a new version of the Xperia Pro. Now, keep in mind that the Xperia Pro that we have around now, I think the one that Juan was showing and the one I played around earlier this year, that was announced last year at the same time as the Xperia 1 Mark II. It wasn't received or, or launched till the end of 2020, 2020, beginning, I think it was a 2021 beginning. And the reality of the matter is essentially is Sony really releases things based on what they feel like is the right time, based on demand, availability of resources, and for the right amount. But it's whichever device ends up becoming uh, the device that is launched, it's probably going to be something that is definitely going to be Sony specific, alpha experience specific, um, you know, mobile productive, uh, all of the things. I mean, Xperia Pro is known for that. So I'm looking forward to seeing what they offer. And I'm really looking forward to see what they can do for us um, in that realm of productivity. Uh, and I'm really hoping that they don't drop the headphone jack on whatever model that they're doing or the ST, the expandable storage that they have. Um, I feel like a lot of the core things that they have stuck by to this point are becoming so unique now to Sony. It's almost like flagships with SD cards. Now you should pretty much just think Sony kind of a thing. But I'm with you. I'm with you. I'll, I'm, I'm with you, Joey. I feel like an experienced smartwatch would do well. Uh, uh, David Lance is saying, sorry, he's saying, hello, how are you doing? Um, I take it you're talking about smartwatches. It's not just the smartwatches, David. Um, so the comment that kind of, like realistically, what I was really planning on doing this morning was really more going over some of the things that we went on this week. This week has been a very busy week for me, uh, as as other people as well. I think the tech community has been very busy. It's not going to stop. We have way more things coming up. Um, but like I saw that tweet and it kind of made me wonder, like I really like when I saw that, I was like, did that make sense? Does that make sense to me that, you know, a Pixel Watch should be better than an Apple Watch. And I like, no, it shouldn't. And, and we shouldn't be looking at it that way. It's not the right way to approach an assessment. If I was to assess the benefit, the pros and cons of a specific smartwatch, my first thing is never going to be, it's not that. That is not going to be this. It's never going to be, this is not this watch. You know what I mean? I, the only time that statement comes out is if you are an Apple Watch user and you're and you're comparing that and trying to say that I want a smartwatch that beats my existing smartwatch and that's the one watch I want. You should have said it that way as opposed to making it sound like it's an ecosystem thing. It, there is a precedence. That's what I was trying to see. Um, so when I saw that tweet, it kind of like triggered something in my mind and I felt like this is something that we we need to talk about as a community. We know we use and we know people that use iOS devices. Uh, like I said, I have the 11 Pro Max. It, to me, when I look at the ecosystems of both smartwatches, both Apple and, uh, and uh, Android smartwatches or even Tizen smartwatches, I always judge them based on what they can do and what they are missing. Not by comparing them to others, but because the standard now across the board is this. And this is the thing that you're comparing to. You're not comparing it to a specific set of hardware. I'm not saying that, you know, this device is better than this device, which, uh, by the way, I will talk to you guys a little bit about the fact that in 2021, we still have flip phones. Uh, TCL just sent me this one a couple of days ago, and I'm really, really stoked about that. Actually, I, I do want to talk about TCL a little bit as well. Uh, but yes, no, it, it is smart watches. It is something to keep in mind. Um, it, it's something that I feel like at the end of the day, it's, it's it can also translate over to smartphones. The way you look at your smartphone, the way that you value your smartphone shouldn't be because it's not an iPhone. And what I mean by this, obviously an Android device and, and vice versa, your iPhone should never be measured. At, uh, the value of an iPhone should never be measured based on what it isn't or what, how much better it is of, of what an Android day, because at the end of the day, when you're using that phone, and I promise you this, anybody and everybody that's in this chat can definitely attest to this. 
you may have purchased the phone at the beginning of the conversation thinking, oh, well, you know, this device is better than this device. But when you start using it on a daily basis, that literally falls to the side. That's not what's driving you to use this phone, to pick it up, to check your notifications, respond to messages, emails, text messages, all of the things that you do on your smartphone because you need it and the phone can do it for you. That's really what it is. So judge it for what it can, judge it for what you were promised and stop comparing it to other phones. You know what I mean? Like, at the, and, I, and I'm not going to say that I'm not, I don't fall into that same experience. I have done comparisons between devices, but I try to drive the conversation when I do these comparisons to what the phone that I'm trying to, that I'm, uh, that we're comparing to can do and what it is doing better than the previous generation. Now, I may show also what other devices can do, but I'm never trying to say that this is better or worse. I'm just giving it in its own ecosystem. The decision ultimately ends up becoming about you. Again, iOS versus Android, not important. You are. And I'm going to say that a lot this uh, during the stream because I feel like it's an important conversation we always for forget. Um, Corleone says, <laughs> oh my God, I just had a beefism but had a uh, flashback right there. Sabaho, hope you're doing well. Sabaho. Hi, um, Finn Jacobs is in the chat in there. Hello, everybody. Finally made it to the show again. Dude, I'm glad to have you with us. I do apologize for uh, kind of, it seems like I'm a little bit more, like, a little bit anxious, anx uh, like going on with things. It, and it's really more about that. Just, um, it's a conversation I feel like we need to have. Um, I see Grounded Tech is in the chat. Oh my God. We see Joshua Vergara, our, the man himself. Uh, what does this product bring me? Not active. <laughs> oh my God. Um, so uh, Finn Jacobs, yes, I do want to actually jump real quick before we jump over to Josh. Uh, this is running uh, KaiOS. Uh, this is the latest iteration of KaiOS on a flip phone from T-Mobile for about 100 bucks. Um, and it will definitely be, actually, that's the phone that I'm going to be giving my son as his first um, introduction to a smartphone. Um, Josh is just saying, um, basically what it comes down to is, what does this provide? What does this product provide me? Not actively trying to find its flaws because there is something else better. Absolutely. That's really the approach that we really need to look at the, at a specific piece of tech, be it Android, be it iOS, be it whatever ecosystem that you're looking in. You really need to kind of make sure that you judge it for what it can do. Judge it for what the company promised us at the day of launch. So if they stood up on the stage and they're like, this is going to do blah, 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 X, Y, Z. It's going to give you all of these features. When you get the watch, when you pick up the watch, does it do these things? Don't buy a watch based on a promise. Buy a watch based on what you know of the company and know what this device can do and what it can do today. If you're buying it for that, then you won't be disappointed. See, this is the weird thing. Like we can set ourselves up for a certain experience. Um, and I think what Josh was also explaining there is essentially, yes, judge it for what it can do and judge it for what it is. Um, it just, like I said, it's I, we have a, a pre-built-in disposition that, you know, like I put out a video on uh, the Realme, the Realme GT Neo 2 5G. It's an India device. Uh, more than likely, nobody outside of India are probably going to be seeing this unless you really need to want to get that. The big benefit about this smartphone is it's in a lineup of GT devices from Realme. Realme pushed out a lot. We have the Master Edition, the uh, Master Explorer Edition, the gen original GT, and then now we have the GT Neo 2 5G. Um, first thing, one of the comments I got there is like, well, how does this compare to the Realme Master Edition? The reality of the matter is the experience is very similar. I, I could have answered that right away. I said, you're not really going to notice the big difference between the two. Um, at the end of the day, they were both released with comparable processors. So it's not a horsepower race. The ecosystem is Realme UI, which is very similar across devices. You're not going to get one feature over another. Realme is very cro fair across the border when it comes to these things. 
camera sensors may be a little bit different, but that is, is about it. The experience at the end of the day is going to be judged by how much money you're going to be paying for that phone. And what I want to make sure that whenever we judge, whenever you're watching a video, try to see the point of view of the reviewer from where they're coming. If the user or the reviewer is giving you an experience and trying to basically make that decisive answer, unless you were specifically looking, like you're really actually on the fence looking for a smartphone or looking for a smartwatch or an accessory that is either going to work for you best on one system or, an, or another, I feel like that's where you can understand it and appreciate it. But don't go into it thinking that I want device A because it is better than device B. Don't do that. Let's not make, let's not make that kind of statement or, or judgment over a device, because at the end of the day, once you're done, once you buy that device and you're living with this day in and day out, the functionality is that this device was given to you a day of sale. Ninety percent will probably be the same at the day that you're using it after a month or two months. Those are the things that you're going to have to live with. And do they do they meet your expectations? Do they exceed your expectations? Do they do what you want them to do? So we'll have to make sure that that works in there. Um, I see that Grounded Deck, sorry, Grounded Tech is in the chat. Hope you're doing well, Dan. Um, and hopefully, uh, Loki, hopefully your bud that was watching Loki with you is definitely enjoying it. Um, oh, absolutely. Bradley, uh, Bradley, I, I totally forgot about uh, Amazfit's ecosystem. Uh, so Amazfit GTR3 Pro looks like a great smartwatch. Hope things, uh, hope, hope third-party support comes soon. Amazfit has had, because I know it's like repeating like RTOS, Android, Apple, all of the, you know, insert all of the ecosystem. Amazfit's been doing a decent, very, very good job. Sorry, I'm, I didn't mean to say decent. I meant a very good job at improving their ecosystem, bringing in a lot of functionalities into their, uh, you know, and of course we we have other smartwatches on the market. Uh, I'm a big fan of Amazfit. I've worked with their de with devices very, very nicely. And I actually use one of their smart scales. Uh, their smartwatches are very nice. Their smart ecosystem is actually very good. So the GTR series, uh, GTR3 Pro, I think just literally got dropped. Um, very happy with them. But again, the fact of the matter is that smartwatch or that ecosystem works on both. Android and iOS. So this is these are the things that I think really a lot of us need to kind of consider when we're looking at a smartwatch. I think you need a smartwatch or an ecosystem that is compatible with more systems than just one. So that in case you do want to change your device, let's say you do want to pair the smartwatch to a work phone or a personal phone or something to that effect, you're never going to have that frustration of saying, I just spent all my money on my smartwatch. All I wanted to do was switch my phone. Now I'm having to switch everything with it. You never want to be in that position. Um, I like a yeah, absolutely. Uh, Dan, uh, sorry, ground attacks pretty, pretty much. Yeah, I like your approach to things, Joshua Vergara. Absolutely, I think this is the way we look at it and the way we make sure that things kind of work out. Um, JV, that's my <laughs> that's why I enjoy your your views on tech, especially like seeing your real world use. Uh, no, absolutely, absolutely. And I think he just um, he just uh, pushed out a couple of videos on the Apple Watch and some accessories for the iPhone 13 as well. Which I think again, it it just truly depends on what you use. If you're comfortable in one, enjoy it. And when you're upgrading, make the decision based on what you're looking for, not what other devices can do. Oh my God. Uh, life of tech, dude, hope you're doing well. Uh, I'm still trying to grow myself uh, <laughs> a beard like yours, TK. So far, um, it just won't grow. Um, yeah, man. Um, and I'm actually kind of refilling in the sides. I, I kind of got, for a while, I, I kind of shaved everything on the side, just kept the goatee, kind of like keeping it going like that. And then I'm like, no, I'm actually going to try to change it. And speaking of which, now that we're talking uh, beards and so on, let me go ahead and do real quick. I, okay, all I have to say is uh, this, the artist, I I, I tweeted at it a couple of days ago or yesterday. So this, 
Okay, let me just move back a little bit. Life Attack, thanks, man. Appreciate it. Hope you're doing well, man. Um, and great job on uh, introducing your son to you know working on PCs and and getting the screwdriver kind of thing going on. So anyway, here's the the this is a a portrait that was it was based on an image that was taken of me obviously, and you could see right there it's almost like, you know, like seriously, like come on, like really one of the best options on the market uh, to date, um, and um, it was sent to sent to me by TCL and it was a surprise gift. So let me go ahead and put this in here. Uh, they sent me a stand for it as well. There's a little, oh, this was, it doesn't actually go at the top. It does not. Okay, so this doesn't fit. I do need to work on it a little bit, but it looks amazing. It looks absolutely crazy amazing. Um, and I, I reached out to the artist and see if I can actually get the uh, PNG or the file, the soft file of this to be able to use it a little bit more. Uh, Juan Carlos got one as well, and it just looks great. Um, I, I got a bag with it as well. And the surprise part of it, which was really, really nice, was the fact they also included the Alcatel. Uh, this is the GoFlip 4. So let me see if I can get this to um, to do the right level of focusing. Come on. No. Okay. Here we are. Okay. So let's do it now. No. Okay. Sony doesn't want to Sony doesn't want to focus on me today. I don't know why. I do not know why. We're not doing this. Okay. So it's an Alcatel GoFlip 4. Uh, it's the latest version of their GoFlip series. Uh, last year, I had a chance to play around with the GoFlip 3. It runs KaiOS, same thing on both, old generation, new generation. Visually, from I would say probably the distance where you guys are, it looks very similar, but the reality is there's a little bit of thicker. The battery is bigger. It is running a later version of KaiOS. And the one thing that I probably will say at the most, we lost the Google Assistant. It's not in there. And I'm hoping it does come back as a later version of an update. We still have Google services. We have YouTube. We have uh, Maps. We still have Google Search. But the ability of launching the assistant, like the way we had it with the GoFlip 3, unfortunately is not there. But we'll, we'll see how that goes. Life of Tech, <laughs> Roger, glad to, you can join us as well. Um, I, yeah, uh, big big fan of Roger. Uh, if you guys haven't had a chance to check him out, please make sure to check out Life of Tech. Uh, it does some amazing work. Uh, I did not cards on the table. I don't think I've done enough work. Ah, <laughs> uh, dude. Uh, Josh is popular with a, with with a lot of different companies, of course, uh, and uh, it was something that they actually uh, they they kind of reached out on their own. This was not something, unfortunately, that, that I actually uh, kind of connected with them directly. So I'm again very very grateful to for them to be to select me as part of their team. Again, very nice. I'm I'm a big fan of their devices, as you could probably know. Here's the uh, TCL 20 Pro. This is the latest edition that they put out. A very well priced smartphone um, for for the features that we got. A lot of nice improvements over last year's 10 Pro. Oh, uh, and one of the other things I didn't get a chance to show too much of them. So hold on, here it is. Uh, I don't know if I can. This is more than likely not going to show up. So here. Okay, so uh, they also included a lot of little tiny stickers for the same thing, which just basically a cutout of the head, so we can actually tag all of our stuff. So uh, we're probably going to be seeing a lot of these going around all of my my gadgets, uh, cases, and devices, and so on. Um, but yeah, TK, very uh, rarely flip phone these days. Dominic, dude, um, my son. Well, okay, I take that back. Uh, a couple of maybe a few weeks ago, when I first reached out, uh, my wife was asking me, "It's like really they still make flip phones?" Um, I still actually so. Uh, I'll say this, Kyocera still makes some of the base, uh, the best ruggedized smartphones on the market. I put out a video on, the, uh, on their latest one uh, that runs on Verizon's network. 
Um, and of course, TCL does the same thing. They make tablets, they make smartphones, they make flip phones. Uh, they, uh, they obviously put out a couple of uh, concepts as far as rollable devices. So they're really kind of, and of course they make TVs. That's 90% of what most people know them as uh, if they haven't heard of their smartphone division. Uh, but Alcatel is a, one of their sub-brands. It's, it's, think of it as essentially a TCL, but like a more of a, a smartphone brand that they carry, that they've carried for some time. So this is an Alcatel Go Flip 4. It's owned by TCL. Uh, but the main benefit of what we get now is the ability of having a smartphone that is basically feeding the core experience with some smart functionalities. KaiOS is uh, amazing that way. It takes over, not only does it give us the experience of a standard smartphone with the, not smartphone, the flip phone with the touchpad and the key, the T9 texting. Uh, we have obviously cameras on this. Uh, we have the ability of downloading applications, the ability of uh, you know using a headphone jack for listening to music off of it, adding an SD card to this, um, built-in speakerphone, all of the things that we know of a flip phone. And for that person that's looking for that experience, this is really a decent experience to start with. A hundred bucks on T-Mobile, no 5G, so just 4G LTE for the connectivity. And you get all of the things that you want. And we get to basically do the thing that we just normally never do. And that's the ability of putting a phone like this. You know what I mean? Putting your finger and holding it and talking. So definitely looking forward. So there's going to be a new video on this, hopefully next week. I want to spend about a, you know five to six days with this a little bit before I put out my review. Uh, my son is counting the days and the minutes. Every time he sees me, he's like, TK, uh, he said, Baba, did you finish the video? I said, well, on what? He said, did you finish the video on the phone? When I get it, when can I have it? So I answered him very nicely. Uh, and I said, like, I got to use it. I got to live with it for a little bit. Uh, oh, other big thing. Finally, USB-C on the uh, on the Go Flip 4, not micro USB. So across the border now, we're, stick, we're sticking with USB-C, which definitely is for the win. Um, Russ, yeah, no, no. Um, so Alcatel is a, is a sub-brand of TCL. It's always been, at least in my experience, for the last maybe three or four years, I've always been uh, um, introduced to them. Actually, speaking of which, a um, while back, T-Mobile put out, this was like a few years ago in the Alcatel, not this go flip, I think I want to say the, the original version. Um, I remember seeing it on T-Mobile and I was very happy to see that T-Mobile was releasing it. Um, and then I reached out to T-Mobile on social media and I got a message back from Alcatel uh, letting me know. And I think that's how I kind of realized that Alcatel and TCL kind of similar. So yeah, for the most part, I think it works really nice. Um, you know what, Aditya, I just, <laughs> I forgot to bring my water today. I was running a few minutes late. Um, oh, speaking of which, so I was watching a video early this morning, um, that I think Adam put out, uh, so, uh, tech odyssey, if you, I'm sure you guys know, uh, Adam from tech odyssey. Um, and he put out a video on how he creates his thumbnails, the quick and easy thumbnail creation using his, uh, th there's a video there. I'm not going to give too much of it. Um, so I, I tried using the method there cause I was trying to do it for my P for my smartphone to try to do the thumbnail for this morning. And I did a decent job, although it was missing a few touches that I typically have in my thumbnail. If you guys real recognize the, uh, the way I have the Saturday morning with tech is something unique to a specific phone. And it typically comes out with galaxy phones. Cause that's usually the one I use to edit. Um, but I ended up just going back on my PC and I recreated the entire thing, uh, using Photoshop because I, I use it that way. Long story short, I ran out of time. And I did not want to keep postponing a whole bunch. So I'll, I'll, I'll definitely, uh, I will be drinking a, long, uh, a big bottle of water uh, <laughs> today. You know, actually, hold on a second. Let me see if I can, uh, let me see if I can, maybe me, maybe I can ask Omar to just uh, bring me a bottle. Let's do that. Uh, da, da, da. Yeah. Okay. We'll see how long, see how that goes. 
but I, I'm with you. I think I need to drink some water. Uh, but yeah, uh, Russ, it definitely. It's one of those companies, um, one of those companies that you actually have to appreciate. Uh, they're very cost uh, cost efficient, very uh, functional in the sense of what they offer. Uh, and they've had a really good relationship with T-Mobile, which I've been with as a consumer for quite some time. So I, I'm very much exposed to Alcatel and TCL uh, creative, creative content uh, out there. Um, Davin Davis is uh, basically saying, um, "I'm mobile today, so I just wanted to drop by and say uh, <laughs> to say uh, to say uh, to drop by for the algorithm. Uh, watch it on the replay. Absolutely, Davin. Hope you're doing well. Uh, Josh, <laughs> I like this one. Josh, wink twice if you're using the P6 Pro. Uh, yeah, no. Uh, yeah, <laughs> um, I think." Yes. Uh, hold on. Uh, yes. So, uh, yeah, I think Josh just mentioned he uses the iPhone 13 Pro. Um, and I feel like think Josh uh, would, I could be incorrect there. I think the biggest thing I think I saw from Josh uh, this year when he said about the iPhone 13 is he felt like the 13 Pro is not causing him to feel like he needs to go to the 13 Pro Max for the best camera experience. You're still going to get both of those. You're still going to get a great experience on on uh, on the on the 13 Pro. Uh, and the 13 Pro Max is purely if you really want a bigger display and a bigger battery because those are basically the only big differences. Optics-wise, though, you're pretty much in a good position either way. Aditya. No, he calls me Baba. Uh, I think very few people in, I think most people call me Tarek. Um, and uh, depending on the person I'm talking to, I've had people that I've known for quite some time. Um, they'll, like, they'll know that I go by TK, but they'll call me Tarek anyways, like to day job and stuff like that. Uh, if, and if they see my email, I think some of my emails have the first name in it and some of them have that don't have it. So depending on the experience, but no, yeah, uh, he doesn't call me TK. I think it was more me paraphrasing and putting conversations or statements in there. Uh, but that would be that would be interesting uh roger yeah for sure man um usbc that was the biggest thing for me uh when i picked it up i like first thing i looked at him like oh, is it c is it's like yes finally usbc it's under 100 um and it still has a very similar experience i mean we're we're talking you know a decent generous color display on the outside a very nice big display on the side and then of course uh, we have some shortcuts here, the KaiOS, YouTube, like I said, uh, Google Maps is in here for navigation. I, I love it. I love the fact that it's still, it's holding to its core experience. Simple, easy to use, long battery life. Uh, and of course, with some improvements over last year, and again, still about a hundred bucks, brand new. Uh, definitely. Uh... <laughs> Oh my God! Yeah, no, um, it is. It is truly a, a sign of the time. Essentially, yeah, depending on what you're watching uh, and uh, flip phones, I think there's a, there's still a use. Honestly, uh, a lot of people that I've talked to over the years have gone uh, based on a certain percentage of usage. Right? There are some people that I know that seriously prefer a small form factor phone, um, and I think this was a couple of years ago. I was talking to. Uh, it was during the time when I'm preparing my taxes, and there's a gentleman that I work with, and he just asked me, he's like, "Do they still make smartphones that are small?" Uh, uh, okay, one second. Thank you. <laughs> Water has been delivered. Um, thank you. Thanks. Uh, thanks to my wife, uh, my biggest supporter. Hmm. Uh, you know what? It feels better. Water. Water does it right. Um, but yes, no, it, the, uh, <laughs> it, it's definitely an interesting approach, but I feel like, um, as a good entry phone for for my experience, at least the way I started my phone experience, 
my first smartphone was uh, a Nokia, a, thir- a 310, like essentially a, a, um, like a solid, small candy par smartphone. I think it's moved over to, I think it was a Sprint. I don't remember. I think it was also a Nokia. Nokia was very big. And I remember when I was a kid, very much, um, I want to say very uh, impressed with the way Nokia did uh, smartphones back in the day. And I'm talking about the standard, like the old uh, CDMA standard style smartphones, no flipping, nothing, no sliding, anything like that. Uh, and I remember that one of the first smartphones I really liked from my aunt, she used to use that one, uh, was because the color on the phone was very um, color changing. It changed depending on the lighting that you were getting. Um, and then I remember kind of moving on. But I also remember going into Motorola flip phones and the different experiences. And before going into Android as a full-sized uh, experience on an MDA on T-Mobile running Android, uh, my last one was actually a Motorola flip phone that I was very happy with. Uh, the experience was very nice. You got a lot of functionalities out of it. Uh, and I think at the end of the day, what made me leave it was mostly just the fact that I felt like the screen wasn't big enough and I wasn't getting a, a, enough of a, I want to say enough of an experience of using the device outside of just T9. So I was really looking forward to changing. And the keyboard on the first MDA that I got was where the phone was about the same size, but it kind of slid up. So the phone kind of slides up for the screen and the keyboard becomes a little bit bigger. So that caused me to kind of change a little bit in there. Oh my God. When you said Korean dramas, the first thing that jumped into my mind was Squid Games right now. I don't know. It's all over the it's all over the news. Um uh, Aditya, did you share my Xperia One II short on uh, on YouTube? It's gotten 400 views. Davin Davis, I didn't. I wanted to see it. I didn't get a chance to uh, catch it. I know you mentioned it to me last time, Davin, but I didn't get a chance to see it. Uh, TK, please take a sip of water. You've been talking way too long. Absolutely, man. Um, do you think that Google uh, would give us a manual control or a pro mode in their uh, in the new camera software of these, uh, especially with the new ecosystem coming up? Uh, so Abdelais is asking. Is it likely that we're going to get more control or more functionalities from Google cameras? So I think to a certain point, we've we've moved towards that generationally uh, one camera system over another. The GN1 that we're looking at right now with, with the Pixel 6 and 6 Pro uh, are going to provide us a certain level of experience that I feel like Pro mode is going to be required. Manually tuning certain experiences are going to be definitely needed. Do I think Google is going to give it to us right out the box? Probably not. More than likely, it'll be more of an update down the road. We have a little bit of setting uh, the exposure and uh, the shadows right now and locking them. But I feel like we st- we really do need a, a, like a, a professional, like I would say a pro mode per se, that gives us all of the functionalities down to the level of, uh, you know, ISO, shutter, uh, you know, focus, uh, focus, uh, the ability of there. And of course, setting everything like the, the shadows and so on. Um, we'll have to see. We'll have to see. I'll say this. Um, the 19th is what going to be in a couple of days. What today is what Saturday 16th, right? So yeah, we're literally three days away, less than three days away. Cause it's going to be around nine or 10 o'clock in the morning Pacific. Um, more than likely we're going to see some reviews. There are going to be people talking about it. I, I you know, I, team pixel and so on. We typically are not the first wave. That's going to be more others like the verge and all that other stuff. And I would say this, don't make your decision. Don't make your your judgment on the Pixel 6 and 6 Pro till you see the second wave hit where either Team Pixels and people that are able to pick up the, the devices themselves are also able to put out videos. And what I mean by this is, again, keep in mind, the level of videos that you're going to get the initial wave are going to be launch event videos. They're going to cover a lot of things that you see at the launch event, and they're going to talk about them in a certain aspect. 
But there is a thing about a device when you live in with it, when you work with it, when you use it a little bit more, that just still does have a, a little bit more of a personal preference and a personal experience that you can build on. So my hope is that essentially if we do see that, we don't get that, that first initial wave where people just jump on and kind of move and then make a decision on day one. And I don't think phones should be decided just purely on day one. It's when you're deciding to pick up the phone and see what other people are seeing with it. Does it evolve? Does it do better? Um, you know, coming back to a phone after it's received a major update is also very nice. Uh, you know, for me, on Monday, I put out a video on the, you know, here. Uh, let me, let me, I keep unlocking the device, but I keep forgetting to take out because I have a lot of notifications that kind of just lock up the pay. You know what? That thumbnail looks nice. I have to say, um, you know, Color OS 12 running on the Find X3 Pro. To me, that was a big improvement that what I saw there, like, you know, ColorOS 11 was already great. And Oppo did a really decent job of pre providing us more functionalities, bringing in some of the Android 12 options. And it's starting to roll out in beta. And I think as time goes on, more devices will get it. And you're going to see more devices, uh, more people reviewing these updates on their devices. So it's always nice. And I think what we're going to see on Tuesday is definitely going to be, let, let's just say this. I'm pretty sure there's going to be the one thing that nobody's talked about, that the one thing that just never leaked. Um, in the past, we've seen things with Google where we've kind of known everything and they were just confirming everything for us. I think more than likely on Tuesday, we're going to see some some few surprises there. Uh, and there was some information or I think a leak about something called like a Google Pass or a Pixel Pass where you're able to kind of pick up um, like a device plus service and so on. And it's like a standard monthly fee that you're able to kind of use and get all the benefit of what Google, like it includes like YouTube premium and so on. I think there was some leaks in there. So, but that's, that could also be something on the side that we'll have to see how that kind of goes. Um, let me see here. Uh, Dinesh. Uh, <laughs> Dinesh is saying, uh, uh, long, uh, long time for reaching your, uh, your stream. Love from India. Hey man, hope you're doing well. I realize it's pretty late in India. I always feel bad. Um, as a timing, it's always kind of a challenge of where to put the timing of the show. You can put it too early. People are not back, you know, home. I realize I call it the Saturday morning with tech, but depending on the world, part of the world that you're in, it's probably either afternoon, if not evening, if not late evening. Um, and I think in certain parts of Asia, it, it may be even close to being early morning of Sunday. So I do apologize uh, about that, but I'm, I really appreciate you actually hanging out with us, of course. Uh, let me see here. Oh, da, da, da. let me see here there video oh man okay so russ dude i've been fighting for video out or any type of screen mirroring on pixel devices for the, for the longest time uh android desktop experience on and sorry so the android desktop experience exists on android but it is not something that google is pushing it's not something that google wants to uh focus on heavily on and i'm not trying to put it as a bad experience i'm looking at it as the it's a feature that's existent it, it, and the really like 90 percent of the time when i get to use it i use it when i'm using like you know oneplus or opal devices because they support external uh you know display out lg devices did the same thing samsung does that same thing um but samsung has decks i think feel like would you have decks on a phone right now in the way that uh, the, um, i say android desktop is at least in the current version of it is um, it almost makes no sense to try to use it over Dex. Dex still does so much better. But if you don't have Dex and you have it, uh, HDMI out or video out, uh, those are functionalities that you can definitely benefit from. Um, and I really wish Oppo and OnePlus will also uh, focus on this and maybe try to improve it. Uh, we, we had it at one point where EMUI desktop was one of the only alternatives to Dex on Android. Uh, but unfortunately, now it's running purely on Harmony OS. So it's one of those things you have to kind of keep in mind. Um, and I know Honor is going to provide that experience. 
um, as far as a desktop experience because they've carried it for so long. So my hope is that the Honor 50 that I think a few videos are starting to come up um, are going to cover that. And I actually did reach out to Honor. Um, hopefully we'll be able to work on that with them here on the channel. Um, more and more, I want to basically focus on what we do here and make sure that both the English and the Arabic channel are getting a lot of the intention that they should and they do deserve. Uh, coincidentally, just a little bit of a um, kind of a good news, I guess, if I wanted to say, uh, the Arabic channel crossed 50,000, which was very a massive, uh, you know, goal for me uh, before the end of the year. So uh, going on strong, a lot of good support there. So for everybody in there and hanging out with us even here uh, from the English, from the Arabic channel, Shukran, shukran, jazilan. Thank you, thank you very much, of course. Um, oh my God, Nextel. Yes. Okay, I okay. I totally skipped and I totally jumped over Nextel. Nextel was one of the only other devices, the flip devices, um, especially with the push to talk functionality in there that I felt like was some of the best experiences. Uh, and they did really have some of the best experiences when it came to that push to talk, especially if you're on the network and you used it for work more so than um, on a personal line. Because it really didn't make sense. Unless all of your friends are Nextel users, that feature makes no sense outside of the ecosystem. So for a work environment, Nextel for me was always, always nice. Um, thank you uh, there, um, Ronald, for that one. Uh, oh, here. Um, Amaldi saying is, Sabaho uh, TK, Sabaho, hope you're doing well. Uh, Xiaomi doesn't sell phones directly in the U.S., maybe because Apple probably would uh, would sue them uh, for patent infringement. So there is a big factor there, obviously. Uh, Samsung, for the longest time, had the, the patent infringement saying that uh, Samsung, for the most part, took features from Apple and copied. And we still see that to this day. The whole charger debacle is something that Samsung just copied from Apple. Um, the reality of the matter is that could be a situation. MIUI is changing. I think what Samsung was able to do and what Samsung did in the past changed the way people look at smartphones. MIUI doesn't look specifically like Apple, uh, like um, iOS is in, in, in that area. And, and I'm just saying for reference, um, if Apple really wanted to sue them for that specific case, they could have done it in the EU since they both sell devices in the EU. It's not just an Asia kind of a thing. So the US isn't necessarily the biggest part of it, but I wouldn't be surprised if Apple would would to jump onto this and, and Xiaomi doesn't want to deal with the, you know, the legality of it. I think it's more about brand recognition and existence. Xiaomi as a product is massive in Asia. It's uh, It's growing and it is a very big presence in Europe as well. Um, and if you've ever gone to a Xiaomi store in the past, you know exactly, or a Mi store, uh, you know exactly how much variety of products that they offer. Um, in the U.S., we're lacking their services uh, as far as smartphones, but we don't lack them as far as devices. Uh, they make a lot of accessories like the air purifier, displays. The gaming monitor that I have behind me here is a Xiaomi. Uh, that's the Mi monitor, the 36-inch one. Um, it, they make a lot of other products that we really sometimes don't pay attention to, uh, and they do still very much have a big presence here. Uh, they show up at CES every year. Uh, obviously, within the last couple of years, it's been interesting. But you know what I mean? The experience is very much a... Um, they're into everything, and I want them to bring their smartphones. I think Realme, Xiaomi, and Oppo need to come to the U.S. to bring more um, competition to the marketplace. Right now, we have a very small selective number of, uh, of devices. Samsung's primarily the main Android one. We have Pixel. We have OnePlus. And then, of course, we have Motorola, which kind of comes in and out depending on the area that you're in. But other than that, really, the ecosystem in Android's land is not very... 
diverse. You can import a phone and you can run through the, the options of not getting full uh, band support. Um, and I think you also want to keep in mind, you know, oh, of course, I'm sorry, Asus is one of the other ones, but they're not in retail. Asus is uh, mostly online and through their store. So th the experiences kind of get um, tailored based on the retailers that you're working with. So to, to some people, I honestly don't think they, they, uh, they realize there are more brands of smartphones other than what they see in the stores when they go in there. It's like if you go to a Best Buy, a Verizon store, a T-Mobile store, that is a very small selection of what options you have to use uh, nowadays. And believe it or not, most devices, if you get them truly unlocked, like I think Xiaomi devices for the most part work quite well in the US on T-Mobile and on AT&T, and I get 4G very nicely. Um, I don't get 5G, but then I don't really feel like 5G is at the level that we really want it yet. But yes, for sure. I want them to come in. Uh, um, is in there. I remember when Sprint announced the merger and buyout. That was a, that was a very interesting uh, approach. What what Sprint did. Sprint and T-Mobile's merger was a very interesting uh, merger because it really wasn't a merger merger. It was really T-Mobile taking over. And for the most part, most of Sprint functionalities kind of just blended into the T-Mobile ecosystem. Now we're benefiting we're benefiting from that. As an Android user, I'm starting to see some of the speeds that I was seeing. Um, with Sprint, with their 5G implementation, Juan and I kind of uh, had an early access to Sprint 5G rollout in the U.S. This was a few years ago with the, uh, I think it was the year where the OnePlus 7 Pro came out. And they had the first and only OnePlus 7 Pro variant that had 5G before the McLaren edition came out at the end of the year. And um, the speeds that we're getting, they were like five, 600 megabits down where T-Mobile was leveling barely at the one to 200. And now I'm starting to see five to 600 megabits down on T-Mobile. Again, that's the where the merger comes in. But I feel bad for anybody that bought a Sprint phone at that time and they, they didn't upgrade or go in and switch over for a T-Mobile phone because not all of them carried over for, for sure. Oh, oh my God. Thank you very much. Um, um, Omar uh, Owaichi uh, sending us uh, 20... Uh, uh, 20 try hopefully I'm, I'm not sure the the currency but thank you very much for the super sticker always always appreciate um the, the support and of course everybody hanging out with us kicking it here on your saturday um and just enjoying and talking tech it's always always appreciated thank you very much and with that i will take another sip i am hmm. it is very interesting it's always like a conversation of android and ios and where we are uh, nowadays especially when it comes down to the ecosystem um steve deroche oh my god look at that look at that steve deroche okay i see okay so thanks to google translate uh mabruk tarik mabruk congratulations tarik oh my god merci 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 beaucoup mon ami oh my god steve always uh steve deroche has always been uh always fun to have you glad you were able to hang out with us come and check it out here greg in there <laughs> oh my god uh Thank you very much, Rush. Uh, and uh, thank you, everybody, uh, for the congratulations. Dan, uh, Russ is in there as well. Uh, it, it's, it was very much, um, it, was a, it was a weird, I'm not going to say weird. Um, it, was a, it was a decision that I made after talking to another creator in the, uh, in the Middle East. The Middle, uh, so if you guys don't know who Khalifa, Khalifa Haroun is um, basically I love Qatar. If you, you've seen me chat with him, you've seen me tag his stuff, I, I always interact with them. There's him, there's Salah, and there's Ahmed. Uh, there's a, a few massive creators in the Middle East that I ran through, I, I run it through them every once in a while and so on. And then, you know, Khalifa came up to me and he looked at me and he said, why have you not started an Arabic channel? And I looked at him and I seriously had that weird, like baffled look. I didn't have an answer. I, like, I, why did I choose not to make Arabic videos? 
Uh, I won't I won't lie the fact that I think initially I was intimidated, even though I speak the language, even though that is my mother tongue. Um, it, it is something that I always felt maybe not as proficient talking in that in Arabic when it's when it came to tech. Um, I live in the U.S. and I've been here for quite some time. So, you know, literally, I mean, everything that I do is in English. But tech, it was not one of those conversations I had. Um, and when I did have those tech conversations, I typically auto automatically switch over to English, even if it was with family. So the long, long story long, um, it was around the Pixel 3, the Pixel 3a, sorry, specifically launch event with Google when I was at Google I.O. Uh, and I was very happy that he actually threw that idea for me. I created a couple of videos from there. And then from there on, it took off. Um, and it has its own life force and it's kind of going on. And the Arabic community has been very supportive. Um, and it is fun to see that I'm able to connect with um, everybody that not only understands me, but people that, uh, you know, from from speaking English, from speaking Arabic. Um, and I haven't ventured into the French language. I feel like if I start doing that, I just I'm going to go crazy um, to start with to, to top off a whole bunch of things. As you go, I do run both the Arabic and English channel. Um, I do every once in a while, or I, I've made videos for, for XDA for, for once in a while. So you've seen content there. And I was, and I started with XDA. That was literally 10 plus years ago. Uh, but for the most part right now, I'm focusing on, on, the, on these two channels. These are my babies. And these are what I love engaging and talking and communicating with you on. So again, thank you very much for all of the uh, congratulations, of course. Uh, <laughs> Aditya, of course, our Mr. Cumberbatch of our, of our channel. Um, for sure. Um, and then speaking of which, I think, hold on, I think I saw something here. Uh, oh, oh, yes. Yeah, I saw that one before. So for anybody I haven't seen this yet, uh, the English channel and the Arabic channel have a small difference between them. So TK Bay uh, for the YouTube uh, English side. And it, my first name, Tarek, is spelled out, T-A-R-E-K, uh, spelled out Bay. So that's the Arabic side. Uh, and it's easy to find. Uh, <laughs> I usually say, let the beard guide you. Um, and actually, I want to run a vote real quick. Let me know what you guys think. Um, the new thumbnail or the new uh, Twitter thumbnail that I put out yesterday was very, it took a lot of positive um, reinforcement to it. I know you guys know the brand right right there. So this is the brand of the channel. And it's been like this for about a year and a half now, almost two years. It was part of the rebrand with the beard and, and the logo and the shield. And I feel like that's going to stay as the channel brand. I don't think I'm going to be switching it there. But do you think it makes more sense to start using um, the new one, this one? Uh, in more in more ecosystems and more uh, more areas, I feel like it's more recognizable uh, as a, as a face. Like seriously, like the guy did a like an amazing job. Seriously, like again, like I looked at this, it made me smile, and I still smile every time I look at it. It just looks, it just came out of nowhere, right? I didn't know that it was coming. Um, the uh, actually, I'll say that I knew there was a package coming, but I thought it was just the phone. Because that was what I asked about a few weeks ago. And, and I haven't heard back, so I assume maybe things were getting busy. So I was very much happy and, and very uh, appreciative of what TCL did. And thank you, Aditya, again, for, for sharing that, that link there. Um, Xiaomi, Redmi, Vivo, and oh, yes. So here, um, the vendor is actually saying is, yes, we need Xiaomi, Redmi, Vivo, and Oppo. Vivo, guys, if you have not had a chance to check it out, please, please, please. Check out Juan Carlos Bagnell's video. He just dropped it yesterday. There's a two-parter. There's the YouTube side, which is the conclusion roughly. But then if you do decide to, let's say, support him on the Patreon, check out his Patreon. He has like a 45-minute video covering everything that you ever want to know about the Vivo V70, uh, V70 Pro Plus. Just massive, uh, massive video production there. Of course, a very big buddy of mine on the channel. Um, I'm hoping, and I've talked to Juan about this a little bit as well, 
I want to do a lot more collaboration, more um, intentional cross-channel uh, collaborations uh, between his channel and my channel going forward on a lot of devices that we typically cover together. Uh, is, I'm, I'll be very frank. A lot of things like this week, the Infinix Note 11 Pro, he had his video. I had my own video. Uh, of course, we have the uh, Mavboy, uh, the TicWatch 3, sorry, the TicWatch Pro 3 Ultra that dropped also earlier this week. Uh, and we both have the same watches. I mean, uh, I'm loving, I'll, I'll say this. When brands start reaching out to me and they realize that he and I are friends, that makes me happy. That makes me very happy that they that they look at us as uh, they're two friends. They talk to each other regardless of what we do. Might as well just talk to both of them. I love that. And I feel like this is something that I'm hoping that keeps growing. Uh, he's an amazing guy, as you guys know. And I'm, and I'm not trying to basically just say a lot of good things just because Juan is a buddy of mine. But you guys truly know how much I appreciate his work, as I'm sure every one of you guys uh, appreciates it as well. So with that being said, again, great work. Check out his video. Check out his Patreon. And please, of, of all the other things, Josh, Joshua Vergara, amazing guy, amazing creator. Um, Isa Rodriguez, of course, as well. A lot of people in there. Grounded Tech, Adam from Tech Odyssey. Um, we see a lot of content creators. We see a lot of people out there creating and putting their hard work on film, on paper, whatever medium they choose to provide us content. Make sure to check them out and, and see the different points of view. It's never going to be one inclusive creator that does everything. You're looking at their point of view and you could truly have a, no harm learning other people's point of view and making your own based on all of those experiences. So for sure, please, definitely for sure there. Um, <laughs> Greg, and of course, oh, and rooting and modding. Uh, I'm not going to say that I've left the field, but I, I'll say this. Greg's been doing a lot more. Uh, and he he put out a I think he has a new Discord server that he's been running so definitely Greg check them check him out Greg all in there uh, always always nice uh, very very happy and oh my God oh my okay I <laughs> I just jumped all the way to the end Dominic thank you thank you very very much man always appreciate it thank you very much you you and some of the other guys in the chat have been there for such a long time and thank you very much for the support uh, hitting us with a massive ten pound uh, super chat right there. TK, I understand what you mean. It's so complicated to translate technical terms in other languages. Sometimes there are quite a few different translation dependencies on the local preferences. And seriously, that's one of the biggest things. I've the the like the, the word that you think of in English that translates to Arabic may not even think. Um, like an, an example would be this: uh, a case for the phone. Okay, in the US, at least we call them phone cases, right? And to translate that to Arabic, um, we don't have a word that says case because then it becomes more of a suitcase. It's actually referred to as a cover. So it's called a phone cover in Arabic. And I have to kind of think of that when I'm saying that in Arabic. Um, it took me a while to get used to the terminology. At the beginning of my videos, when I first started doing them, I had a lot of people pointing me out. Like, why are you using English words? Um, just for reference, Language or specific languages or um, tech in other languages or people that watch videos in non-English languages. English is probably the most dominant language online, primarily because it's used as the business language internationally. As I grew up, English was always revered, revered as the business language. All countries spoke English because you deal, you interact with other countries in English. But in the Middle East, in countries that speak Arabic, and just for reference, we have dialects in Arabic language and the Arabic language that differ from literally neighboring countries to like continents, depending where you are. You may not even sound like you're saying Arabic words, but we speak Arabic. So learning those little words and kind of going as time goes on and putting those out 
uh, took some time for me and it took a lot of work, uh, a lot of asking questions, a lot of asking favors, reaching out to people, and of course, reading comments and responding. So before I knew it, things started to kind of move on. And then Khalifa and Ahmed and Salah, and Salah were always good friends to me. And I, I think literally the best thing, I, or I'll say this, the biggest thing I always loved about CES was hanging out with my friends. The tech is great, but it is hanging out with my friends, seeing people. Josh and I haven't had a chance to see each other for some time. I'm hopefully going to be able to see him very soon. Say hi to Isa before she goes. Uh, I think she, her, her time may be uh, coming to an end at some point. And she may be leaving. So I want to make sure to hang out with them. Um, but, you know, Josh and I, Juan and I can relate. We are very close to each other. But there are some people, let's say, uh, my buddies from the Middle East that typically only come to the U.S. for major events. And those are the ones I love to be able to hang out with. So peace. I, I know I've said a lot of those things. I always want to make sure to, to kind of appreciate uh, show everybody's um, Majid, uh, alaykum, ahlan wa sahlan, alhamdulillah. Uh, I hope you're doing well. Thank you, man. I always appreciate it. And Aditya, oh my God. Thank you. Thank you very, very much, Aditya. Uh, again, I, uh, one of the biggest things that we've had on the channel for the longest time is um, the, the love and support of the community. And it is my hope is to build the community around the channel. Uh, Juan did an amazing job of what he does, and I feel very honored to be part of his community. And I always feel like that you guys um, just literally some of the best. Uh, I, I don't want to say the word squad because it sounds like it's a weird thing, but it literally it's your, you're the best team that a person can ever have. Um, and thank you very much. Um, and of course, can't wait for your uh, for your French channel. Uh, you know, bonjour TK. That's how I'm going to go with it. Uh, the EU tech team is not ready for you. Hashtag TK. TK has loving family bay. Dude, absolutely. Um, tomorrow, I'm going to get a chance to hang out with a couple of my cousins. One that I haven't seen for about 10 years. Uh, and of course, uh, you know, unfortunately, haven't had time to be able to work it out. But one of them I haven't seen in over 30 years. Less how long it's been since I've seen my other cousin. We've communicated online and, you know, email and so on. But it's going to be interesting. Like, I'm seriously very happy, very excited, very like, oh, my God. Again, uh, when, when you haven't seen somebody for that long in person, your memory of them is a very specific memory of what you used to do with them. And now this is something new. This is going to be exciting. So uh, very much interested to see that. It's going to be a good breakfast tomorrow morning. So we hopefully hang out with them there. Uh, please, Urdu, Urdu. Oh, man, I wish. Uh, Majid, I, um, shukran, shukran. Um, I, I don't speak Urdu. <laughs> I only speak Arabic. Um, and I realize there were very similar words between the two, but I, I always appreciate it. Thank you very much. Um, uh, won't let me <laughs> Dude, Greg, no, dude, I appreciate you. Always, always appreciate it. Greg, Greg's been with, uh, hanging out with us on the channel for quite some time. And he and I chatted quite a bit also. Um, and I hope you're feeling better, man. I really hope you're doing well and feeling better. Um, Steve, Steve DeRoche in there. Uh, I'm sure I'd be uh, incredibly hard to piece, uh, to, to, to pierce the French language market. Uh, I guess French and Arabic uh, community living abroad uh, is a niche market. Absolutely. Um, French as a tech, French is very hard, even next level. Um, I speak French and I understand it, but I don't live in a French country. So, and my family doesn't speak French to me all the time. My wife and I, every once in a while, uh, will hit up the French language if we just don't want my son to understand what we're saying. Because you know, um, as parents, when you when your kids are young, you appreciate it talking in a specific way where you can have sidebar conversations without your third party knowing what the conversation is about. As your children grow up and they understand everything, you then start to figure out like, how do we speak? You know, do we speak in Morse code or something? Um, but yeah, French is also something that we always like to uh, jump into in there. Um, 
Oh, yes. Uh, Majid is from Pakistan. Uh, yes. Thank you, man. Um, so short answer, yes. Uh, French would be a very hard, uh, tough language for me to jump into, specifically because I would need a lot more practice, uh, again, more on the technical side. Uh, but I, I, I don't mind watching it. And I do watch a lot of content in French, uh, but mostly comedy, surprisingly. I love the French humor. Uh, it's very um, it's sophisticated, yet to the point. And when it hits, it hits very good. Um, so for me, uh, if, if you guys have ever watched Cyprien, it's a, he's a very, he, I grew up with him, um, watching his content, his type of humor, slapstick humor, very nice in French. And I ran into him one time at CES and was like literally geeking out, fangirling all over the place. Um, I don't know why I said fangirl, fanboying, same thing. Um, it was a lot of fun, a lot, a lot of fun. Always, always appreciated there. <laughs> TK will be je ne comprends pas <laughs> for every video. Uh, yeah, or je ne sais quoi, je ne sais quoi. C'est quoi ça? Je ne sais quoi. Okay, c'est l'écran, c'est le keyboard, c'est tout ça. Oh, you know, all of it, I would say je ne sais pas, je ne sais pas. Uh, it is uh, the Arabic uh, the dialects just sound so different, even though I don't speak the language. It is very different. It, um, and like I said, a person from Tunisia, from uh, from Morocco, um, any, any of the northern African countries will speak very different Arabic. And the closest one that we get to Lebanese people is Egyptian. And although even there, they're also very different dialects. Uh, Jordanian, Egyptian, Syrian, uh, you go to Iraqi, Tunisian, Saudi Arabian, uh, Qatari. All of those have actually very... And Qatari and... Um, um, like Dubai and so on, they actually have a very uh, heavier dialect and more of a slang language. And I mean, it's slang meaning more specific to their area, not necessarily the traditional Arabic. Traditional Arabic or what we call it formal Arabic is consistent across and we can speak it to each other very clearly. But when we speak with our own dialect, like my videos are spoken in Lebanese Arabic. I don't speak in formal Arabic because my intention is to speak to a specific market that understands me, but it is also that's, that's the language I speak. That's the dialect I speak. Um, so it translates better on video and communication. And it also translates a little bit more um, as opposed to making it sound like I'm reading the news. In uh, Lebanon, when I grew up, uh, the news was always spoken in, in f formal Arabic. And I feel like they were like, you know, suit, tie and all of that. And that's not the style. That's not what I was trying to do. Always, always appreciate it. Uh, Life of Tech, Roger, man. Always. Thank you very much. Uh, appreciated, man. Oh, man. Oh, um, uh, Ausel, Ausel Ahmed from Pakistan. Alan, Alan, welcome, man. I hope you guys are doing well. Uh, dude, uh, let me see here. Da, da, da. Uh, his name is Cyprien. <laughs> if you want. Oh, yeah, sorry. So, uh, Steve DeRoche. So, I, hey, so you know Cyprien. So, if you're not familiar with it, uh, it is that's how you spell it uh, C Y P I R P I E N P R I E N. Uh, Cyprien absolutely high energy very funny um like a little bit of a scuff but again look at also watch some of his older videos um, and a lot of it is commentary and he does touch on a lot of stuff but it's the level of enjoyment that i watch him uh, so for me uh, if you're able to understand french at that speed then you're good and i can understand his french that's the best part i can say so i always enjoyed watching him uh and i'm glad that you know him too man i mean he's he's massive in the french community obviously he should um I really need to learn other language. You know what? I think we all benefit from learning other languages. Um, I, it is very hard as, as anybody that when you start getting into your you know, 30s, 40s, and so on, it's hard to start wanting to learn other languages and to put the time for it. Uh, the best way to really force yourself is to in, immerse yourself in the language, into the experience. And I feel like that would be one of the biggest things. 
Um, I do miss the fact that uh, like at the back end when Rosetta was like the biggest standard of, of languages, um, I've wanted to learn Cantonese. That's something I've always wanted to learn as a language, as I, as a dialect. But I found very hard, uh, the material to learn Cantonese is very rare. Mandarin and Chinese are more popular because that's the primary language now. But again, similarly, if I wanted to learn like more of the Arabic stuff, you end up learning um, like closer to a specific dialect of Arabic. It doesn't really translate. So if you have a community that you're able to rely on, it's always going to be the best. But Languages are amazing. The ability of communicating with people in their native language and understand some of the things that they are coming from gives you a much better point of view about the world. You don't see it from one view. You get a chance to see it from different points of view, and it could help you also expand your understanding of how things are, especially when you're dealing with other people from other cultures. Sometimes, you know, cultural differences do matter in the way we make our decisions and what we look for in devices and what we look for in, in anything in life. So, I'm with you, Dan. Always, always appreciate it, man. Um, let me see here. Uh, Amaldi says, uh, okay, uh, TK, do do companies low uh, so, uh, with load band speed connections after, okay, to do, uh, so do companies low band speed after a few brand implementations? Um, in the other 3G was good and uh, with phones and 3G, but, uh, but after that 4G LTE phones were uh, the new thing. 3G band became less important uh, and start having crap or worse speed. Um, so I think I kind of understand what you mean. I think with implementation, with new technologies, do older technologies start implement or I guess lose the benefit or start having, um, how do I say this? Uh, they, they they lose the support and they basically become a little bit slower. Um, when 3G first came out, yes, the, the biggest thing that I, I would say 3G was a massive jump. 2G was not even in the realm of what 3G could offer us. 4G doubled that and it went even further. And what ended up happening is as time goes on, yes, um, what carriers do, and th this is true with most technologies, and it'll continue as a standard going on forward. Carriers have a certain type of technology built into their cell towers. The cell towers that we see on the on the freeways and so on are comprised of modems. They are basically interchangeable pieces that they are mounted on, and they're considered to be basically uh, either 4G, 3G, 2G, 3G, uh, or 5G. All of those are going to be the type of technologies that are there. I think if I'm not mistaken... AT&T, not that long ago, finally disabled or turned off 3G connecting, a connection on all their phones in the US. And I think primarily to force people to upgrade. So if you're holding a phone that's been running on it, more than likely, by the way, it's a phone that is very, very old. But if you did, uh, those are the devices that would probably lose service at some point. Uh, what they do essentially is they replace the units. They replace the modems one at a time. When 5G first got rolled out, they took out certain 4G LTE ones and replaced them with 5G because 5G is backwards compatible. But at least you opened up the spectrum, the ability of using certain bandwidths to transmit and receive data. Um, as time goes on and more people change over, you're going to notice less support for older technology and carriers stop paying attention and upgrading those functionalities. So as time goes on, yes, 90% of the bandwidth, if you think of it as a, let's say, a, a connection pipe, um, will go to the faster connection and not as much for the older devices. And it's just based on the fact of supply and demand. They're noticing that 90% of their demand is there. They're shifting it. It's not the right approach, but my hope is that at some point as, as with devices, let's say AT&T, when they decided to turn off certain functionalities, uh, that they would offer their users the ability of going or upgrading their phone uh, to the next level or next uh, you know band support for 4G or so on. It's not a right approach and this doesn't really justify it. 
Um, but it is kind of a certain way, a plan of at least getting everybody to be experiencing similar users or similar experiences without compromising the experience. And this happens over like years. This doesn't happen overnight. So the hope is that within a certain amount of time when you naturally would have upgraded, this would not have been an impact to you. But for somebody that carries or keeps their phone for more than three to four years or everything be five or six years, you may notice some things like that, depending on when you upgrade. But I'm with you there. Uh, of course. Uh, oh, Dominic, dude. Okay. Thank you. Wait, wait. Thank you very much, Dominic. Always, always. Um, I, um, so Dominic jumping back with the, I recommend learning how to read and write Chinese first. Uh, the grammar is pretty much the same between Cantonese, uh, and Mandarin. I, yes, I agree with you on that one. I do notice that my wife can, uh, read both sides. Like if I bring something to her, she can translate it and understand what it is. Uh, it's the dialect with Cantonese that drives me a little bit confused because of the tona tonality of the language. Cantonese is a very tonal language. So is Mandarin, by the way. It's just Mandarin is not as, uh, it doesn't have the same range as Cantonese. So it tells you that I've done some homework and trying to understand or how do I dive into that language. Uh, but I definitely agree with you. I think maybe you should start doing the read and write first, as I imagine it wouldn't be as complicated when you take out the tones out of it. Because as you're reading it, it is the way it's written. And then it also the context of the sentence has you understand how the meaning of it. So um, I do I do need to start looking into that for sure. Uh, it's an amazing language, honestly. And uh, believe it or not, uh, as much as English is a business language, I feel like Mandarin is right up there as a language. Uh, if you're dealing and you're doing any kind of business internationally, at some point or another, you're going to have to do some type of business with China. And I feel like language is always going to be an amazing thing. And it doesn't hurt to learn other languages. I feel like Chinese is, is a beautiful language to start with. It has a lot of, um, um, I don't know how to explain it. Like I said, the tonality of it, the meaning of the same word could mean totally different things based on the tone that you put in there and how you fluctuated your enunciation or pronunciation of it. It drives me crazy. It makes me just practice and want to be even better. Uh, Majid, uh, thank you, man. Appreciate it. Always, always nice. Uh, Vodafone uh, switched off to... Yeah, so Aditya is the same thing. Vodafone just switched off their 3G here. Uh, and I'm, uh, and I'm mildly annoyed. 3G was a perfect fine for me. It depends on what you were using. And again, like I said, um, it it's a way of forcing the system to upgrade. And I feel like they carry it for as long as they can. But at the end of the day, realistically, I think it's um, they need to communicate better. And especially since they know the users are on the network, it's not like they, they can't know who's using 3G, who's not. Uh, sending notifications and letting people know this system is going to be turned off. And like for reference, for me on AT&T, they did send out a lot of texts. They let people know that 3G was going to be turned off in enough time for people to be able to either upgrade their devices and so on. But Hopefully, we have devices that support other bands that will work. Uh, it doesn't turn off phone service. Um, I think for the most part, this is mostly on data. Um, but I want to say, I forgot who it was. AT&T did turn off their CDMA. They used to have a long time ago, non-transferable. Uh, this is back in the day before they did uh, mostly SIM card uh, functionality. They used to have the pre-hard-coded kind of like Verizon. And they did turn that off at some point, And they did also give a lot of people a heads up on that. Uh, it depends on where you are. Uh, da, da, da. Russ is in there. Uh, TK, will the Pixel 6 Pro have um, MM Wave? Uh, yes, I want to say yes. Uh, I think from what I've seen with some of the leaks, yes, definitely. Uh, millimeter Wave for Verizon support is an absolute must. 
Is it going to be across the border, meaning any Pixel 6 Pro that you pick up, be it from Google or from Verizon, will have that? I don't know 100%, but I would imagine that for, for Google to make this queue, unless there's a massive cost benefit, meaning difference in price of production, I don't see them removing it. I think that when you buy an unlocked 6 Pro from Google directly from the Pixel, uh, from the Google store, you should be able to expand it, expect to use it on all of the carriers, Verizon, T-Mobile, AT&T, um, any carrier, NVMO, anything like that. Of course, Project Fi. Uh, and because Project Fi uses other networks, you know it's going to be compatible. So for sure, yeah, Google, when they make it, they make sure they cover everybody. Uh, for for definitely there, I, I'm just very intrigued with the fact that Samsung, Apple, and Google are all having the uh, launch events or an event around each other, and I feel like Samsung and Apple didn't want to let Google have their week, and they wanted to be right before it. So although not mobile for Sam, uh, for for uh, for Apple, I think mostly we're going to see new MacBook Pros and some buds and stuff like that. Um, I don't really feel like they're going to be. You know, we already know that there are smartphones. Uh, it's more going to be obviously you know more different level but their name is going to be in the news but i'm just at least glad they respected each other and gave each other their own day uh, i'll say that much oh man let me see here uh dominic is in there uh da, 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 da. let me see here oh dutch is also hard yes german oh my god german and dutch is very is a very strong language and i've tried and I've, I've taken dutch before when i was in college and I, I didn't get too far, but I, I got enough to be able to ask, like, you know, Vigates, uh, name is like very little ordering stuff because I've also been to Germany quite a few times. Uh, but it is an amazing language. Uh, it very, very tough, but uh, a commanding language and also a very nice, especially for European, Northern European areas. Um, oh, uh, oh got any, yes. Uh, so uh, Majid's saying there's also going to be some really good language translations from, for, for especially for Urdu, if you want to be able to learn the Urdu language. Um, so many, so many events, uh, so many devices and so little money. Dude, uh, Definitely, uh, Robin. Uh, Robin Devere's. Uh, I speak. Uh, I speak Netherlands. <laughs> oh my God! Okay, so I, I love I got, uh, Robin. Robin Devere's. Uh, he's saying is I love. I speak Netherlands. I love that. Uh, Nordic languages uh, are always absolutely. Uh, Mr. Wor is Mr. Worldwide. <laughs> back from the eight one eight. Yeah, that's why. Back it up from the eight one eight. German is fun. I always love it. Always, always love it in there. Um, it is so grounded tech or dan had a, had a very good point um my pocket is definitely feeling the pain um juan had asked me a couple of days ago and he's like you know on thursday he said tk we're going to put you on the spot i'm going to talk to you why or what are your plans on doing with the uh basically uh, you know the, the the steam deck um for me i'll say this I didn't get it because I couldn't get out on time. And at the time I was looking at it, I said, I felt like it was better for me not to block. I know the down payment was like only 50 bucks. You didn't have to put a lot of money in there. And then essentially it wasn't going to hold up your money. But I didn't know when the device was going to come up. I had no constant. And I mean by then meaning availability, not the fact that it wasn't going to be coming out in December. The launch event or is this going to start shipping out the devices or early adopters are going to be getting their first units the people that were lucky enough they're going to start to come up in december but right now if you try to go to steam deck's website the earliest availability says q2 of 2022 so somewhere between march and july or even later on or march and uh, june or so in 2022 i don't have enough knowledge of what it's going to be till juan gets his and i'll get a chance hopefully to play around with it to be able to make that decision on that and i also feel like at some point when it starts coming out there's going to be options to be able to purchase it 
obviously for a certain price, a little bit higher price uh, on the market. So if I really want to jump on it, I may just pull the trigger for it at the beginning, right before Christmas, or maybe beginning of January, because I feel like the Christmas rush will inflate the prices uh, arbitrarily to a certain point. So the short answer is I wanted to go into that. I did end up skipping the, uh, the Nintendo Switch OLED purely because of that. I feel like although it provides a lot of upgrades to what we get right now with the OLED versus the, uh, the, the well, I would say the the old switch, the 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 old uh, version of it. Um, I just didn't feel like it was worth it for me to spend three fifty to five hundred bucks or four hundred bucks when accessories and so on, um, and not spend that money on the Steam Deck. And I feel like that's better purchase for me for a mobile computing uh, or mobile gaming experience uh, than what the Switch does. Because for the most part, my Switch isn't dead, and it's still going to get support. It's still going to be able to play a lot of the games. I just feel like that's the better way to spend my money. So we'll have to see. But um, I'll say that the events that are coming this week, although I'm hoping that the, uh, the S21 FE was going to come out, a lot of rumors are also coming up around saying that the S21 FE is not going to come out till early next year. So probably along the launch at the same or around the same time as the S22. So we'll have to see how that comes out. So overall, it's going to be one of those events that I really um, I'm interested. I'll see what they offer. Apple is not going to be much uh, of interest to me other than the AirPods Pro, but we'll have to see. I, on, on Thursday, if you guys missed the show, uh, Juan and I had a, a big, a little bit of a competition where we kind of went through and we're like, I have this, I have this, and we started to show different things. I made the mistake of trying to go against some some sound guy um, and and talk to him about you know different devices and different uh, true wireless buds, and he he kind of put me in my spot very quickly with the amount of tech he has. True wireless buds, yeah. Juan, Juan wins that one and he wins it very, very much. Um, oh, here, uh, Russ is, I think. Uh, okay, so TK, so uh, Russ is coming back with TK. Will the Pixel 6 Pro have both 5G technologies besides the US release? Also, uh, when, you, when you mean the global, uh, the Google store, uh, is that the, uh, the one based in the US? So, yes, um, right now, more than likely, there's going to be availability for Pixel devices in certain specific market. Pixels are not available everywhere. So yes, um, when I'm referring to the Google Store, I'm referring to the one that will more than likely pop up whenever I'm calling, when I'm going to it. And it is based in the US. So that's where initially it'll start going on sale. Um, there are going to be obviously Project Fi one that's also available from them. And I'm ex expecting it to be internationally unlocked. It's not probably going to support 5G internationally. That's the difference. The only device that I know to date that does feature that technology, and I don't know where I have it. Oh, let's do this. Is this guy? So the Snapdragon inside the Snapdragon Insider phone is the only Qualcomm pro phone or pro Qualcomm powered phone on the market that has all bands unlocked, 5G, um, all of the supported bands across the across the world. So if I want to have 5G in Europe, in Asia, in the US, this is going to support them. Most other devices are region specific. So Pixel are going to be very much in that uh, aspect. If you pick it up in the US, it's intended to work with 5G US bands. You'll probably get 4G LTE very nicely across the world, but it is something to keep in mind. Yes. Uh, da, da, da. Oh, it's Surface Duo. Okay, so the Surface Duo 2 should start getting to people soon. So that's also going to be a lot of content being pushed out there. Juan has his uh, pre-order. It should be coming in very soon. Um, so it's it's going to be that little pull and uh, push and pull there a little bit there. 
And I, I'm not going to lie, I am actually keeping my eye out on the Xperia event the week after, mostly because I feel like if this is truly going to be uh, the next generation of Pro, I'm hoping the same typical things that we usually see from devices whenever they come up in second generation, the price gets a little bit better. We get some more functionalities. Um, I'm hoping that if anything we learned is all of the benefits of everything released from Sony before comes up and goes into this device, uh, especially when it comes down to tech. So even if it is a Pro, Pro 2, whatever the version of it is going to be, uh, it, whatever I want is I want them to basically make it better and and give us that experience. Uh, and hopefully the price gets a little bit better as well. So we'll we'll see. <laughs> grounded tech okay yes um okay so the, the here's the thing i'll say this and i'll say this again we were on a break i can't take that back uh no uh, so he said it was within arm's reach it's not my fault that my drawer and my desk are right behind me so i naturally just reached over to you know to grab it and then he brought out the drawer and then all the neck bends kind of came out and it was just a it was it was a massive event it was a massive event if you missed it definitely check it out the best of our week show on thursday Juan and i go head to head challenge right there on the spot headphones true wireless experience and uh it is truly a fun a fun thing to have uh, i mean realistically we have a lot of similar backgrounds and when it comes down to reviewing different products, different point of view, of course, and everybody has their own. Um, but it was fun to see that type of exchange back and forth, he and I. So for sure. Uh, <laughs> oh, man. Oh, man. Life of that. Rogers, I jump, jumping in there. TK, blink three times if you have the... Uh, <laughs> I love this one. Uh, the the one M, uh, the one Mark III, I wish. I still don't have the one Mark III. And honestly, I'm, I'm, I need... So here's the thing. If if the next device ends up becoming what I'm hoping it's going to be, uh, and as far as the experiences that we're hoping that you know, we'll see some of the improvements, uh, first and foremost, I hope if the announcement is done next week that the device comes to market pretty soon, like actual availability, not pre-orders, uh, and then we'll be able to make my decision better than it. Do I go with the Mach 3 or do I go with whatever the Ultra, the Pro ends up becoming uh, and going there? Oh, Donald, man, dude, hope you're doing well. Uh, thank you for jumping in. Um, and you know what, guys? I didn't realize this, but I we are hitting that sweet magical time. Um, if you haven't had it, if you haven't been with us here before, first time listening to or watching the show, um, this is the time of the show we typically do the TKception. It's part of the show. It's a little bit of a inception of a of a show where we kind of recap the show and also talk about a lot of the things coming up. Uh, so if you haven't had that before. Um, Oh, hold on a second. Oh, no, no, no. Okay, Steve had to bring that up. Okay, so before we go, before we go too far, Steve jumped in there and says, uh, "TK, have you seen that the Snapdragon tweet uh, dissing on Google, in which they uh, the uh, the uh, the uh, yeah, the essentially basically said that Google moving to their own chip uh, was a red flag, and it's pretty funny if you ask me. So I saw that in one of my feeds. I saw that in one of the news articles." Now, Google. Now, to be fair, Qualcomm didn't specifically call out Google. It just said a company. To uh, it, they're referring to a a company. It's basically a sub, like a subtweeting almost. Uh, but the the reality. It's so here. Google's been using Qualcomm chipsets for the longest time, from Nexus series, uh, Google Pixel series, all the way up to where we are now with the Pixel Six. Well, sorry, Pixel Six and Six Pro. Because the Pixel Five A. Keep in mind, the Pixel Five A is running a Qualcomm chipset, so it's telling us. I don't think Google's moving away from Qualcomm. Um, the tweet, I don't know, was in a, I don't know if it was intended as a, as a, as an intent to basically say, you know, please pay attention. You know, 
Apple's been doing it for years. Um, Google just finally realized that they need full control over their ecosystem to truly be able to innovate and push forward their ecosystem. Because there are certain things a lot of us have been using and a lot of us have you have lived with that haven't really realized where it's coming from, specifically or namely the number of Android security updates or patch updates or software version updates that we get from devices. And for the most part, three years has been the most that we've ever seen. That's been primarily limited by Qualcomm and the manufacturers of the SOC. It is not the manufacturer of the device. And the reason behind that is you need to have a certain number of drivers and updates that are pushed from the OEM, from the SOC manufacturers so that the OEMs can incorporate it to the next version of Android. When you don't get that, it be, becomes part of the built-in um, experience that this is what you're expecting. Uh, companies like Samsung, not Samsung, like Panasonic and so on, do have a special contract with Qualcomm to get devices supported for five plus years. And those are things that you want to keep in mind. So those are a big factor to the conversation. I think Google moving to their own SOC with Tensor is the best decision they could have done for some time. It also shows the level of commitment that Google has into their Pixel line, that it is not just trying to provide an experience just to say that this is Google. Material U changes how you see Pixel smartphones, what stock Android experience is. And from now on, uh, we see a very heavy emphasis on you, the user, and how you want to make your experience be. I feel like Tensor hopefully will live up to the expectations that we've all built in. It's it's one of those weird, we haven't seen how it, how it works and what it does, but if we've all built it up and I want it to, to meet and exceed my expectations. Uh, but I also realize that this is also a first generation SOC coming out from Google in collaboration with Samsung. So we want to see what Whitechapel Tensor does. And I can't wait to see what t uh, Tuesday has to offer. And as soon as I can get my hands on it, believe me, we're going to talk a lot about this and what we can do. Uh, but with that being said, I do want to jump in here real quick with the, uh, the hashtag TK Bay, uh, TK, sorry, the TK Inception. Um, if you guys don't mind, go ahead and drop, uh, start dropping those in there. I'll put that and we'll start re, uh, going in there. I did not click the right link. So here, share screen and we are going to go with two, one, and let's go. So it's a definitely an interesting visual effect that we've gone through here. Uh, I, I do want to say, uh, TK the legend. Thank you, man. Thank you, Donald. Always, always appreciated. Uh, Joey's in there as well. Uh, thank you, TK Exception, TK Audiophile, TK Foodie for life. Uh, speaking of which, I am. Um, uh, I reached out to Eco, uh, the company that I think Juan did the recent video on their little amp, and they're sending me one as well. So I'm going to get a chance to check that out with one of their uh, in-ear monitors, IEMs. Um, so uh, I'm really looking forward to checking out some of that new Eco. Uh, I don't want to say Eco or uh, Eco, but I'm sure Juan will correct me. Um, Rinesh, as always, thank you very much for hanging out with us. Thank you for uh, kicking it with us. Super Saiyan Bay, always Goku, literally like a mantra type of an experience. I, I feel like... You know, understanding what Goku does and how he improves himself. Every time he's pushed down, he comes back and he does more. That's just the way I like to do it. I think that's why I relate a little bit more um, to what Goku does. And I also relate a lot to Vegeta too. Vegeta and Goku both are great, uh, a great um, basically set because they always feed off of each other and they improve each other's lives by just being around each other. So it's always great. Uh, Ground Attack Dan, thank you very much, man. Uh, Battlefield, uh, definitely need to start working in. I didn't get in. I didn't get in on the beta. Uh, I'm seeing a lot of videos. I've been watching it. I definitely am looking forward to try to get some Battlefield game in there as well. Uh, Dominic, thank you very much for the super chats. Very, very much for everything that you've been doing. Always, always appreciate it. Uh, TK Loving Family Bay, TK Audiophile Bay, and then TK Language Bay. Merci beaucoup. Thank you. Dankeschön. <laughs> 
uh, of course, Shishia, which I, I know how to say that in Mandarin, but that's <laughs> that's my end. That's that's the limitation of my language uh, understanding. Uh, Qualcomm got jealous uh, right there about Google making their own SOC. I, I think it's more just making sure they're in, in the conversation. Google announced their own SOC for some time. Uh, this was purely a planned PR little jab, but I think overall we'll be fine. Uh, of course, Greg, always thank you very much. Uh, again, if you guys are looking for trying to root mod anything, I think he's been doing a great job keeping it up and uh, hanging hanging there as well. Steve DeRoche, mon ami, uh, my international friend here, uh, jumping in with, I love I love the Google Translate bit, man. I always love it, and thank you very much. And it was right on port. Mabruk thought it, which is very much in there. Um, I find translation sometimes a little bit challenging because I understand the language when I'm doing like massive translations, like if I'm translating a, par a paragraph or something. Um, it drives me crazy how it re replaces certain words, uh, like um, what's it called? Color OS. It translates to color literally, as opposed to trying and writing it in Arabic. It translates to color, which is loan uh, and OS, and it just puts the OS. So translation is always funny. Um, Always, always appreciate it. Thank you. And of course, Aditya, the man, the Mr. Cumberbatch of our channel, uh, TK Seption, TK Bay, Super Saiyan. TK going to have a breakfast with his cousin Bay. Love it. I love it. Dude, the amount of stuff, uh, dude. And, and, and I did not say the Xperia word too much this time, right? I think we're good. But next Saturday, I will be saying it like it's going out of style. Let's just say that. Uh, always, always appreciated there. And uh, Jimmy Fire Dragon, dude, thank you. Appreciate it, man. Uh, sorry, I didn't see your comments from before. Audio file bay, TK, stay hydrated. Oh my God. Today, honestly, hmm. Uh, never felt water was so good before, but yes. We're going to go out a little bit later on. TKception, of course. Uh, <laughs> TK, uh, yes, always going to be with Pixel, man. Always appreciate it. Uh, Greg, thank you very much. Aditya, Jimmy Fire Dragon, uh, everybody in there. Russ, uh, oh my God, Steve DeRoche, merci, merci, merci beaucoup, mon ami. Um, it, right there, it's merci beaucoup, mon ami. Thank you very much. Always appreciate you guys hanging out with us. Um, the love today was obviously extra and always appreciated. I, I can never say enough to show the gratitude that I have for you guys. And again, it's Saturday. It's it's the beginning of the week for me, but it's in the middle of the week for some of the other people. So hopefully you guys are doing great. Um, and I do want to learn more languages. They're going to be one of the better options. If I do bring in the French one, I promise we'll do a little demo in one of our Saturday morning with, with tech to be able to keep it going. Um, so with that being said, this week has been an interesting week. Uh, this morning's main, I would not going to say rant, but main conversation kind of took me down a rabbit hole of Android versus iOS, uh, Google Pixel Watch versus Apple Watch, and so on. Uh, we need to look at it from a real, real perspective. It's not about the tech. It's not about who makes the tech and what the tech uh, is better than and all of that. At the end of the day, it is truly about you, the user of the tech and what you decide to do with your money. We've got to the point now that realistically, hardware devices, flagship devices are a certain breed of devices that I feel like exist to, for, for the sake of flexing to a certain point. 90% of what our functional things that we do on a daily basis outside of certain experiences can be managed with mid-range processors. So the reality of the matter is we have surpassed the hardware requirement of what we need, meaning a mid-range processor can do way more and as much as you need that a flagship device does and saves you a lot more money. What I wanted to kind of start off the conversation saying that Android versus uh, Android, sorry, iOS versus Android does not matter or is not important, but you are. It's because of what you do. 
if you're an Android user and you are upgrading to the next phone, don't judge that phone. Or if you maybe you make a selection, you want to go for a Find X device, uh, you want to go to an Asus device, or even go to a let's say a TCL to 20 Pro. Don't judge it because it's not an, uh, an iPhone. And I don't like it when people say, you know, or if somebody when you know they'll compare a smartphone that is it'll slated to be selling for about 500 bucks, and then they compare it to a phone that sells for 1500 bucks. That's not a competition. The person that's looking at a phone for 500 bucks is not looking at a phone for 1500 bucks. It's just, it's not even in the same ballpark. So it's a video that truly is intended to showcase what the $1,500 phone is doing. But then at the end of the day, it's also being compared to a phone that just came out. So it's not a real, I don't feel like it brings more, um, it, it doesn't give us more detail into the into the conversation. Focus on the tech, focus on what the device does and see what it does based on what the company promised you. Is it Android? Is it iOS? Is it Tizen? Is it, um, you know, RTOS? Is it, uh, you know, we, we know, obviously with Amazfit and so on, just use it for what it does and make sure that it lives with you. Because at the end of the day, once you buy this phone, regardless of who makes it, which this is, again, a very good phone. I'm not trying to put this as the, as the example. That honestly becomes secondary. Because all you care about when you're using it day in and day out, does it do what you need? It doesn't matter if the iPhone does it better. That's not part of the conversation. So make your decisions, move, move with that, and then go forward with that and make sure that you do what you feel like is right for you. Be it Android, be it iOS, be it whatever ecosystem, it needs to meet your expectations. So you are the most important part of this conversation. And the other parts that we're talking about by comparison and, and, and looking at them are really there to make your life better, not you making their life better. So definitely, I, I always want to make sure to say that there as well. Um, Life of the, oh my God, Roger, dude, I appreciate it. Always, always appreciate it. Thank you very much. Uh, um, uh, very much, definitely. And I appreciate it. And I hope you guys have the rest, a good, amazing rest of the weekend. Uh, you guys have obviously just taken it up to the next level and even more. Um, so with that being said, be nice to each other, be good to each other, do well and do good things with your tech. And I've said this before, and I'm doing this myself this weekend, connect with your friends, connect with somebody you haven't talked to for some time. I promise you that they will be very happy to hear from you. And it could bring back so many good memories. And of course, it helps us stay connected in this massive world of uh, which is getting smaller by the day. And I'll say this because tech is just making it smaller. But we need to make that first interaction and that first talk. So connect, have fun, and I'll let you guys know, obviously, next week how things go. Uh, and, of course, I'm just happy to be able to see my cousins again. Take care. Thank you very much for the support. Always, always, always. Everybody um, everybody hanging out with us here, kicking it with us. Roger, Dan, Aditya, Rinesh, um, Greg in there, of course. Joey B in there. Uh, everybody, uh, you know, Rinesh is in there as well. We have Russ, Dominic Wong in there, Jimmy Fire Dragon. Uh, it's just everybody that hung out with us. And if I did forget, or in the Donald Lazino's in there as well, I do apologize. Uh, and Omar, of course, thank you very much. I'll see you next Saturday. Make sure I'll catch you also as well on Monday with the uh, best, sorry, uh, the SGGQA with Juan Carlos and the best of our week next Thursday. Bye-bye for now.